1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. Wednesday War, Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Dr. Dan Schneider, two-man car here, talking about all things spiritual warfare, all things Catholic. Today is the feast day of St. Irenaeus of Leon. I'm going to be talking to, to Dan about his new book, which came out. It's coming out today. This is a book that we've been waiting for for a while now. I've been pushing Dan for years to write this book. It's called Liber Cristo. A Manual for Spiritual Combat. That's the name of the book. Liber Cristo, A Manual for Spiritual Combat, published by 10. Uh, this book is fascinating, and you'll see why, because I'm gonna we're gonna be going through chapter by chapter, and I'll tell you why it's fascinating. Dan may not like me saying this, but I'm gonna tell you why. Years ago, I went through this training. It was called it was called um Unbound. And I went through probably about 10 years ago or maybe longer and I got the manual and I looked at it and something told me, hmm, something's missing here. There's something here that's deficient. There's something here that's not Catholic. And as I ruminated over the manual and marked it up and highlighted, I said, ah, yeah, I know what it is. It's basically a cut and paste from Protestant Pentecostalism. And so I've been waiting for years. I'm, I've been saying, when is a Catholic going to come out with a manual that's authentically Catholic on healing, spiritual warfare, and deliverance? Well, I reconnected with Dan Schneider in 2019. Okay, And I know he, he thinks that he was cursed on that day when he, when he reconnected with me. <laughs> for me, it was hey. a blessing. For him, I don't, I don't right, know. When you showed up at that training, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Jesse's here and they put you in my track. And uh, yeah, I, I had, I sent Richard two pictures uh, of me that symbolizes my life before you cycled. We met like 20 years ago when you came yeah. to stay with me. And exactly. then, and then I went off and did a bunch of research and my doctoral work and other stuff. And then you, you went off doing your Jesse thing, Richard, I don't know if you That's have right. those pictures of me before and after <laughs> uh, life with Jesse, Mr. Engineer, if you have those, put those up. If not, don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, well, Mickey, you can put them up on the next segment. Uh, next no segment, lie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, I was I, I, in the first picture before Jesse came into my life. I was wearing camouflage in a ghillie suit with a sniper rifle. After Jesse, I'm Liberace, uh, covered with diamonds and jewels and sparkling <laughs> like I've been bedazzled. But uh, yeah, I remember that training several years ago, and uh, you had very pointed questions, and you and I kind of had the same. Uh, oh, there it is. There's me after Jesse. If you can see that picture, <laughs> Liberace, <laughs> Liberace with the uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, 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 maybe it's not Liberace, maybe it's more like Ric Flair. Woo, okay, uh, 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 uh that's yeah. right, Ric Flair, yeah, yeah. yeah. more no, like no, Ric Flair. No more, no more undercover, no more undercover, yeah. So, so, but you're right, there, the, the, the uh, there really hasn't been any, uh, uh, real Catholic uh, norms applied to this, you know. Um, this is, for example, and 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 there's there's parts of of Unbound is very good, 
Um, but the, for example, this is from uh, um, Resisting the Devil, a Catholic perspective on deliverance. He says that the use of the imperative, which was we would call the imprecatory form, as developing the early church, he, he acknowledged that this is restricted to the priestly office, stating, however, that, quote, the original charism fell in disuse and only reemerged in the Second Vatican Council. And then later in, in the book, he, col he collapses authority and power, and those are two different things. Uh, and so, and so uh, um, this, you know, I think there's a, there's a gross um, uh, collapse of the understanding of how doctrine develops. And, and you know, again, we, we say that we fight an ancient enemy, therefore the, the ancient weapons are best. And so that's what the manual is trying to do is tie back into the, the, the deposit of faith. The going back to tradition. Oh, that's a, Dan, that's a bad word. Dan, that's a bad word in, in some parts of the church. Someone that, ought to that tell me. Uh, <laughs> that one could because, get you in trouble. <laughs> well, here's what it says. In catechism, the catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 84. The Amen. apostles entrusted the sacred deposit of faith. There the it is. Fidei, contained in sacred scripture and tradition to the whole of the church. By adhering to, this is quoting Second Vatican Council, by adhering to this heritage, the entire holy people, united as its pastors, united to its pastors, remains always faithful to the teaching of the apostles, to the brotherhood, to the breaking of the bread, and to the prayers. And so maintaining, practicing, and professing the faith that has been handed on, there should be a remarkable harmony between bishops and the faithful. And what's interesting is that this, today we celebrate St. Irenaeus of Lyon. St. Irenaeus uh, um, gave Pray for us... us. Pray for us. So St. Irenaeus was battling against the Valentinian Gnosticism. Valentinian Gnosticism, they believed that they these guys possessed a secret tradition that had, that had been written, not written down, but passed on from master to disciple. And, and many Protestant circles and now many Catholic circles were slipping into this, some variant form. There's there's at least traces of this, this Gnosticism trickling in that, that this gift, this charismatic gift is being transferred down from master to disciple, like impartation we talked about last week, as opposed to relying mm. on the deposit of faith. What does this mean, the deposit of faith being handed on? Irenaeus himself came up, he, he coined the phrase, the, the unbending rule of faith, and the unbending rule of faith, he says it's like a, uh, um, here's what he says, they just, talking about, about the heretics, uh, of his day. They disregard the order and logical connection of scriptures, and insofar as they can, they dismember the truth. They transfer passages and recombine them, and by turning one thing against another, they deceive many with their ill-constructed fantasies made by twisting the Lord's sayings. It is if some, this is second century, 150 AD. It is if mm. someone should take an image of a king, which is a wise artist had carefully constructed out of precise precious stones, and breaking the underlying image of a man resemble the stones to make the image of a dog or a fox that and that and that wretchedly put together and then claim that this was the fine image of the king, which the wise artist constructed, pointing out that the stones were indeed uh, uh, the very ones w well put together by the first artist as an image of the king. So it's like this mosaic. This is how we see tradition and this unbending rule of faith, the reconstruction of the rocks. Here's what he says. Is this consistent? With the faith that the successor of the apostles handed down uh, uh, to the apostolic witnesses, is it consistent with the unity of sacred scripture? And this unbending rule of faith is a guide to exegesis, meaning how we read scripture, and to holiness. 
this is this goes back to the second century when Christianity was already pounding out. Irenaeus also gave us the the, the rough, rough first canon of scripture that we have to this day, three centuries before Augustine in the Council of Carthage and Hippo. And so this is a great doctor of the church and saint. Yesterday we celebrated Saint Cyril of Jerusalem. If you if you read the story, how serious the bishops were at the Council of Ephesus. Cyril shows up, Cyril of Alexandra. They're battling out the doctrine of the divinity of Jesus Christ. And he shows up with 50 bishops carrying baseball bats or the equivalent of baseball bats. That's how serious they took doctrines today. That's how, that's how serious that bishops saw and the, and the early church fathers fought for the truth. I mean, these guys weren't afraid to throw down because of the truth and the dangers of error. Amen. And, so, and, so, and so what we're trying to do in this, in this program with Father Riverger and Lever Cristo is try to return, take these rocks, and modernism have taken the rocks of tradition, and they've thrown together a dog. And they said, look, this is your king. <laughs> and I want to go back and say, no, I want to put it back in the image of the man, as Irenaeus uses. This is our king. Everything points back to Jesus Christ. We have yeah. to go back to the roots of the early church yeah. and scripture. And look at these things that have been rising, and the church has been battling some of these errors for many years. And what this manual tries to do is return uh, um, this very tricky uh, and often elusive and somewhat speculative area of, of apostle back to Catholic norms. And that's what we're trying to do. Both Father Ripperger with Dominion, the science of mental health, as well as the Libra Cristo manual. Well, I guess uh, you gave us a little bit about the evolution of the manual. I think you also pretty much answered why you wrote the book. Dan, uh, and, and, and that's exactly what your book is. Having been with you uh, every Wednesday since 2019, since we reconnected back at that first uh, Libra Cristo training that I went to, um that, that's what your that's what the liber crystal model is and your book it's a return to the deposit of faith which is a bad word for modernists modernists do not like that word deposit of faith because they believe that that the faith is evolving the faith is uh yeah. you know it's morphing into other things and so uh, I, I just want to give kudos to America's Bishop Strickland because that's one of the phrases that he uses consistently every time uh, on, on his show with Terry Barber called the Bishop Strickland Show. He's always using that phrase because it's a phrase that it's right from the catechism, first of all, and uh, and, uh, and 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 it's something that holds holds it all together. This is. Our faith is not evolving into something else. It's not morphing into anything else. It is what it is. It's a rock. And just to show you how uh, how committed I am to the deposit of faith, my license plate, when I moved to Arizona uh, eight years ago, my license plate is Jude chapter 1-3, which is, it says, contend for the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. So everywhere I go, people say, hey, Jess, your license plate's a Bible verse. What does it mean? So I'm able to converse with Catholics and Protestants and non-believers. They go, hey, I know that's a Bible verse in your car. Well, what does that mean? You know, and so I tell them, I said, contend for the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. That means the faith of the apostles that was given to the successors who are Catholic bishops were supposed to fight for that faith. So my license plate, it's funny, Dan, but it gives me a lot of times to evangelize and and, and share yeah. the deposit of faith with other people. Hey, okay. hey, you know, you're a good yeah. scholar, Jess. You know that word traditio, paradosis is the Greek word. That which was been handed down. 
you entrust to entrust to hand down to faithful men, right? And so it goes back to Hold on, hold that thought. We'll be right back. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. We're back. Yes, I got. I got a visual. Here's a visual for uh, to remember Saint Cyril, Saint Cyril of Alexandria, the Council of Ephesus. They showed up, fifty guys with baseball bat, fifty bishops, saying, Whoa. "We are not going to back down." This, I keep this in my in my in my in my study here to remind me, uh, right? The that's, that's your Ephesus baseball food. bat. A baseball bat. If you, I'm holding up a baseball bat. <laughs> this is these guy. These guys, man, they were serious uh, about defending the faith. And and uh, um, and well, as well Dad, as Irenaeus, you know, Dad, I, I I pray that that spirit falls upon this generation of Catholics, us as well, that we have that same apostolic zeal to defend the faith as well, because uh, we need it. We're 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 living in right now some dark times, and we need we need clarity. We need the light of Christ. Yeah. So I'm talking to Dan here. He's on, uh, pretty much every Wednesday. He's the Wednesday host. He just came out with a book. It came out today. It's called Liber Cristo. A manual for spiritual combat. This is going to make my life so much easier because I get so many emails that say things like, Jesse, I'm having nightmares. I'm seeing demons. I'm getting attacked at, in, in my bedroom. Uh, at, at night, uh, this thing grabs my my, my mattress and and uh, throws my, throws me up, up, up against the wall. And uh, I see glasses and things moving in my house and lights flicker. Well, there's a lot of people that are diabolically afflicted. Dan wrote a book to help the average lay Catholic self-deliver if you follow this. It's basically a P90X program. It's basically an Exodus 90 program. Dan is saying, roll up your sleeves, get the book, follow exactly what I've written, which, which includes, most importantly, living in a state of grace and living an authentic Catholic life. And Dan will teach you how to do this. He's the instructor that walks you and teaches you how to live in a state of grace, how to have an ordered prayer life, the, the basic doctrines of the church that you should know, and what structure and, 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 and order looks like in your prayer life. And that's going to bring interior discipline. This book, Dan, is going to set so many people free from the clutches of Satan. Uh, I, I, I pray to God that that tens of thousands, if not millions of people are set free because they follow the ancient Catholic norms that you've put out in this book. So, Dan, having said that, what are the rules of engagement and why are they important for spiritual combat versus Catholics? Yeah, I start. I start off with the rules. Before we get into the three rules, um, I just want to give a little backstory on the development. Um, Kyle and I were father and Kyle had developed the the, the basic form of this, and, and there was no manual yet. And so uh, this manual is the manual now. That um, if you want to learn about the, the first phase of the protocol, uh, Father Ripperger has a good interview with Christophonic. Is it Christophonic in in Denver? Yeah, yeah yes. good guy. Uh, he does an interview. An interview number three. Uh, the, the number three in the process, he talks about the, 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 the effects of doing the 30 day protocol, this PX 90 for Catholics. Believe me, it's a lot easier than Exodus 90. It's not asking for much. But, but, uh, 
uh, uh, listen to that and, and get the you can send you can check our webpage Libra Cristo for that uh, as well. Um, and so at the time we were using, I, I'm looking for it in my office. I can't find it. It was a basically trifold piece of paper, which was a general confession um, that the Fathers of Mercy put out. You know, how to just make a confession, how to make a good confession, going through the Ten Commandments. Right. That's yeah. what was our first phase two. We would put them through phase one, which is this prayer discipline. And then we would start working through basically uncovering obstacles to grace. Gee, I forgot I used to contracept and I've never confessed that. Gee, I used to go I, a couple of times. I did I did practice this witchcraft thing. I did this in college, you know, whatever. Uh, gee, I really practiced some. I didn't realize that this was a mortal sin, this sexual act or whatever. Um, so so it was just basically teaching people to, to, to identify where the enemy is holding. He has no rights over you. The demon has no rights over us. By right, the baptized soul belongs to God through, God the Father through Jesus Christ, but He takes permissions. He'll take permission from us if we give Him permission. He'll 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 come on in uh, and afflict us and our family. So we started working. The very first case was a, was a, was a, some folks who had a 16 year old daughter. Well, she was now in her late 20s, but when she was 16, she had been a traumatic experience. Let's just leave it at that. A traumatic experience at age 16, very 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 evil, and so. Uh, Ten years later, she had same-sex ideation. She had suicidal ideation. She was completely abandoning the faith. You know, think that she hated God because God hated her. All this diabolic projection was all over her. So we said, well, let's work through it. So the whole family construct starts praying for this person. Um, the parents, uh, grandparents, siblings, you know, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, aunts and uncles, everybody. At the same time, there was Freemasonry in the family. Everybody in the family did the Freemasonic renunciations. So this goes on, they're do, and they're all doing the first phase protocol prayers. After 30 days, we start. She didn't even live near us. Uh, I just started doing Zoom sessions with her using the Fathers of Mercy trifold. And so I just walk her through the, the various the Ten Commandments. As we're walking through it, I'm like, I'm like, hey, and start recognize, hey, that's a diabolic projection. Do you see it? Yeah, that's a diabolic projection. That's not you. Do you see it? Yeah. Starting getting her to get the psychological separation and teaching her how to get that psychological separation from the demon by offering up her suffering. And so as she started offering up her suffering for the man that hurt her, as she started offering up her suffering and her family was doubling down with this grind of prayer, she, I said, OK, now go to this parish. It, it was in another city miles away. I know this priest in this other diocese that's not afraid to pray over people. Go see this guy and just go to confession. You're ready. So she goes She goes there. The priest is on sabbatical. You and I know this priest. He was on sabbatical. He uh, So he has a fill-in guy that's going to be there for several weeks or several months. She goes to confession with some fill-in priest, Joe Priest. Not an expert, not Father Ripperger, not, not Monsignor uh, Rossetti, not uh, Father Cavalding. She goes to just a Catholic, generic Catholic priest with his clerics. She goes to confession. I don't know what happened in the internal forum. She was delivered from an obsession, mid to high level obsession. She was on the path to possession because wow. of her psychological trauma. And in, and in about eight weeks, turned it around. Ten years now have passed since that particular case. She's married to church. She's got children. She, her, she, for, she, she's a, 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 a very a, a, a well-adjusted professional in her, in her career, but also a mother. Uh, and, and happily married in church, back in the faith. And, she, and that was God's way of saying, you're on the right path. You're doing the right things. And so it's the combination of the discipline, learning the rules of engagement, and then the whole family construct praying 
this is how it works. Now, what this manual is, is just a fleshed out version of what the Fathers of Mercy, a little trifold, how to make a good confession is. Right. All that all that really is, is that. But it begins with the rules of engagement. Going back to your question, three rules. The demon's going to yield or not yield based on these three rules. Does this person have requisite authority? What is the state of over the person, the object or the place, the thing? What is the state of grace, the merit of the person who's praying and asking me to, to that, that's asking me to leave? Are they in a state of grace? What's the depth of their holiness? Do I have any psychological connections? Are there any other garbage that I can that I can that mitigates their prayer? Is there fear? Is there shame? Is there is there is there any uh, uh, habitual venial sins that I can hold on? I can I can I can minimize the effect of their prayer. And finally, what is specifically what are they praying? What are they asking? Because specificity is key in combat. And so that that those three principles kind of interact. Throughout the whole book, you, we go back and forth between those principles as I walk through the 12 lessons. But this is absolutely critical. I use Rogers rules for Rangers, what the U.S. Army Rangers used to this day. And the first rule is every Ranger is, is bound by the articles and precepts of war. Now, if we know this to be true in human warfare, physical warfare, why do we think that there's no rules in spiritual combat? The enemy is ancient. We fight an ancient enemy, and the ancient weapons are best. And so the manual tries to lay out those ancient weapons, beginning with the rules of engagement. Dan, I'll tell you what's the genius behind this, because back when I was living in California, and I was uh, working in deliverance ministry using charismatic models, I mean, this is basically was up and down the state of California. It was anybody who was afflicted, come to us, come to the prayer group, We've got the charism to drive out the demon. You need to come to us. It never entered our mind, hey, go to your husband and your children and have them pray for you. Have the domestic church pray for you. Uh, you know, uh, pray for yourself as well. Have the entire family praying for you. It because just makes sense that there's more power and grace that flows. Yeah. Yeah, oftentimes ahead, I'm, I'm sitting with somebody and, and we're doing the intake. And and while I'm listening to them, I'm I'm my I'm a I'm a cab scout and I'm listening to what's going on in the, the family. The person sitting before me usually isn't the soul most in danger. There's always another soul in grave danger. God mm -hmm. isn't trying to save that soul. God doesn't just want to stop being liberation in the Catholic theology isn't just being demon free. So you can go on with your semi-Catholic, semi-pagan life. It's total and complete reconciliation with God the Father. And so, and it, and it also involves the whole family. Oftentimes, the one sitting before us is a little Christ to suffer, to break curses, to bring more grace into the whole family and bring the whole family back uh, into the kingdom of God, uh, the church. And so, what, you're, what you experience is the same thing that I experienced working in other models. Dan, this is a huge question. And, and I know we got about a minute before we go into the break, but maybe you can just start it at least. So, I noticed in the other models that I worked under back in, in uh, California in deliverance ministry, there was no emphasis on the sacraments. There was no emphasis on living in a state of grace. Right. We would pray over people that were steeped in mortal sin. We would pray over people that had been in the confession in years. And we would wonder, man, why is this person manifesting like he's on a like like on like he's on a bronco? He's riding a bronco. It's a, it's a it's it's a rodeo ride in Texas. Or why is this happening? Why isn't the person being healing be, being healed? 
you know, little by little, I started going back to my Baltimore catechism, just started reading the section on sanctifying grace. And I started telling people in the prayer team and some of the priests, I say, Father, you know what? I think that the person needs to be going to confession every single week, you know, if if if, we're, if you're even going to be praying for this person. And so years ago, I just kind of realized by rereading the Baltimore Catechism that there will be no healing, there will be no liberation unless a person returns back to the sacraments. And, and that's a big section of your book. This is where you kill it, Dan. So the, my question is, how do the sacraments and the state of grace play a part in deliverance and a second question uh, would be, what does Father Amorth say about this? Yeah, I just did the developmental ed editing for the new Father Amorth book that's coming out, a biography of his. So I quote him in here. And we hear we hear quite often, there's two, two there's really, let me unfold two different questions within your question. The first, the first half you talked about praying over people not in a state of grace. This it goes back into the whole underst our understanding of merit. The soul not in a state of grace, the prayers are not meritorious. This does not mean that you cannot, you should or cannot and should not pray, but that means that the soul is in a state of separation from God. And so it's it's critical to get into a state of grace. Um, as we know uh, uh, from scripture, Jesus says that the, when a house is swept clean, the demon comes back sevenfold, that if there's no habit. Of, uh, there's no habit of habitual of, of, of habitual grace of staying in a state of state uh, a state of grace it's like the, I use the analogy uh, um, uh, 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 of that there's a TV show called my 600 pound life we'll go to this hold on you've been listening you're listening to Wednesday war college just remember Dan Schneider we'll be right back stick around don't go anywhere Wednesday War College, just remember Dan Schneider. Dan's book just came out today, Liber Cristo, a manual for spiritual combat, 10books.com, 10books.com. Everybody who has questions about spiritual warfare and how to stay protected against the diabolical, you, your, your marriage, your children, your family, your household, this is the book to get. This is a training manual, okay? This is not white magic. This is not. Oh, come to this person over here and they'll pray for you because they have the gift. And don't worry, your life will be, you know, peachy king for the rest of your life. No, this is grinding it out. This is UFC Catholicism. This is ground and pound. This is spade work. You've got to do the work, but the principles are entirely Catholic. And the goal is, is, is because all of us, are under construction to become saints. Uh, so I, I told somebody Dan one day that they were asking Jess. I think you're. I think you're a saint. I said no, I'm not. I said uh, my my halo is still being sandblasted. Dan's book is a book which helps your halo to continue being sandblasted because you got that halo when you were baptized and confirmed. But like all of us, it's 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 uh, it, it needs a lot of work. This book sandblasts that halo. Dan, let me ask you the question again, because some for somebody just tuning in right now, on the book, Liber Crystal Manual for Spiritual Combat, my question to you is, how do the sacraments and living in a state of grace play a part in deliverance? Because that's not emphasized in other Catholic models, and I know because I've worked under them. 
And the second question I have is, what does Father Moore say about this? Yeah, let me answer the first one. Here, I, I'll sit down with folks, and, and, and again, I've worked in these other models. I, th- this was the, the, the Roman model, for example, uh, what we would kind of call the Roman model. You've also got the charismatic model. Um, you've got different models. And, and, and to me, the analogy is it's this, this it's a crudo, I don't it, but it's called my 600 pound life. And to, and to be, uh, uh, to get on the show, you got to weigh more than 600 pounds and they're giving, give you, they're going to give you a free, uh, uh, treatment a free surgery through a bariatric surgeon who, uh, uh, expert in weight loss. And so bathe themselves. They can't get out of bed. They're, they're completely at the will. They have to be fed, you know, food brought to them. They're bedridden. And so they finally get them to the doctor and the doctor says, okay, you've been selected. Let's do surgery. No, the doctor says, Hey, you gotta, um, you got to get under 450 pounds before we, before we do surgery for two reasons. Number one, your body, you're so fat. They don't use that, but you're so fat, your body, the shock of the surgery, your body may not survive it. You got to get under a certain weight before we can do the surgery because, because your body may, may or may not, may not survive. Number two, if you don't work and lose 150 pounds and show that you've got the discipline, the diet and exercise discipline to keep the weight off, on the way home from the surgery, you're just going to head over to to Domino's and get your meat lover's pizza and then swing by uh, Wendy's and get your Biggie fries. You're going to put the weight right back on. You don't have the, the discipline for sustainable weight loss. And so that for those two reasons. And so here's the here's what we hear and, you know, certain certain circles of deliverance. And that is we have to pray over them to free up their will. Well, no, I, I've told people, you know, this is a medical model. The, the surgeon is the, is the expert. The bariatric surgeon is, is the exorcist. The parish priest is the general practitioner. I'm Nurse Ratchet. And you're a, you're a, I've told people, you're a 600-pound slob spiritually. You've got to get your life in order. You've got to get your health, physical health back in order. You've got to get your spiritual health in order. And so this idea that we pray to free up their will is false. It does not help. I've seen it. I've done it. I've, I've been involved in this. So, so you, they have the will, the human will is sovereign. As you remember from our philosophy days, we are suri juris. We are, we are our own self-contained jurisdiction. And so our will is sovereign. That person must choose liberation. All liberation at the end of the day, even possession is self-liberation. They choose the moment. That's it. I'm done. Get out. And the church is there to assist, to help with a, with a baseball bat. The priest is carrying a baseball bat and they're, they're bringing the weight and power of the church upon the cosmic realm. So, so, so that, that's one aspect. Now, here's what, and so part of that is, is you've got to be in a state of grace, habitual state of grace. That's why we do weekly confession. Here's what Father Amor says, and I quoted this from the book. He says, is stronger than exorcism. Satan is more enraged when we take souls away from him through confession than when we take away bodies through exorcism. The sacrament, he says, quote, tears souls from the demon's grasp, strengthens against sin, unites us more closely to God, and helps to conform our souls increasingly to the divine will. You see that conformity to the divine will comes through the sacrament of confession. It tears the souls. And properly speaking, a possessed person, only the body is possessed, properly speaking. And confession tears souls. He says one good confession is worth a hundred exorcisms. Exorcism is a sacramental uh, uh, confession is a sacrament. When I see models, whether charismatic or other models, they don't emphasize confession. It's like going into combat with a pellet gun. If anything, you're using paint. You're using paint guns. You're, it's laser tag. This is how we beat them. And here's what, 
It is, man. It's laser tag. I got you. I got you. Right. So here's what he says. Father Amor, there's always a strong temptation for charismatics, sensitives. Now, sensitives in some like the Roman model and certain models, they're 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 usually women and they have a spiritual gift to see. Uh, we don't really follow that because it, it can it can be easily deceived. Um, but but that's what he's talking about back in the day. It's where they did sensitives and exorcists of finding the quickest way to heal by going outside the common sacred means to obtain grace. Uh, and what he says, those who seek solutions outside the common, what are the common means? Sacrament, sacrificial theology, uh, a prayer outside of the normal sacramental economy of, of, of sacrament and prayer, the prayer life of the church. He says, quote, these, these people, charismatic, sensitive, and exorcists, unwittingly fall into the trap of magic. And so, and so this is basically uh, uh, being a, just a good old-fashioned guy from Ohio. Uh, this is smash-mouth Catholicism. This is just grind it out. We're not looking for trick plays because in seeking to try to circumvent or to get a workaround, the, the normal way of liberation, we can, we can fall into our own levels of superstition. We just grind this out. This is why it, the state of grace is absolutely critical. So that when the church does weigh in, they've had a they've, they're in a habitual state of grace, not one and done. They're going deeper. They're uncovering the the deeper spiritual defects as well as the physical, you know, carnal sins. And the soul is pure. By the end of this session, by the end of over, it might take a year or two. The the person that finds liberation, even the deepest possessed, they are the, the, by far the holiest person in the room. They've suffered so much. They are they are truly holy in thought, word, and deed. The demon is the instrument of our sanctification. We are the instrument of their torture uh, in and through the church. So we see this play out. Yeah. This is why confession is critical. That, there, you could not have given a more complete answer than what you just did. I mean, you left no stone unturned with what you just said the last two or three minutes. I notice a lot of people are curious. They're like saying, wow, I would like to be on a deliverance team. I would like to see this. I said, why, why would you want to see it? They said, you know, just to watch, you know, just uh, the, the manifestations and what a demon does. I said, it's awful. It's awful to see that. And it's awful what the people go through. And I noticed, Dan, that a lot of people are curious and they they talk about Boy, I'd like to be part of an exorcism team or a deliverance team. Because you know why? Because they they want to see the phenomenon. Yeah. They they want to see what the, the demon does. And so a lot of even immature Catholics, for them, spiritual warfare seems to be demon-centered, but that's not the liber crystal model. So what do you mean, Dan, when you say uh the demon is tertiary in spiritual combat? Yeah. First of all, uh, curiosity is an open door. You know, Eve's first sin was the sin of curiosity. Hmm. Hmm. That's a talking snake over there. Or hmm. Wonder why God, I'm curious why he told me I, I can't go near that tree, you know. So the sin of curiosity can be it can be an open door. It's 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 embedded into the very first very first original sin. Um and, and so that you have to be careful. And that again, the advantage of this book is if you want, I could tell you stories. You know, you and I could tell a tremendous amount of crazy things we see, but the de- but but that and that's just to sell books. This is a practical, functional manual to help in combat. In Catholic liberation, oftentimes the demon is the focus in in, in, in Catholic and Protestant circles. Everybody's curious about what the demon is doing. Um, the demon is, as Father Ripperger says very clearly, the demon's kind of boring. It's very predictable. 
He's rigidly bound by the providence of God according to his the laws of nature under which he was created, the choir that he, he was created into, the task that he had, quite predictable. Father Ripperger once asked a demon, why do you keep doing the same things over and over? And the demon answered, because they work. And so it's rather predictable. That's not what's exciting. The demon is tertiary, and he always wants to keep our attention on him, right? This is the Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention to the man behind the screen, right? Keep your focus on the on the phenomenon of, of the of the portrait of the Oz or whatever he is, the wizard. So, uh, um, and Catholic liberation, which is reconciliation with God the Father through through Christ, and must include the sacraments because that's how we are reconciled to God ultimately. Uh, uh, in Catholic liberation, first and foremost is Jesus Christ. What is God doing? What is Christ doing? How can we re reconcile this soul with Christ? How do we do that? What are the, uh, that's number one. What is Christ doing to this soul and this family? Number two, what are the obstacles to grace? What are the obstacles to grace that are blocking the flow of grace into this home? And let's help this person to identify those so grace can flow more freely. At the end of the day, grace flows into the world through seven principal ways. And those are the seven sacraments of the church. And so how we do battle is, is, is must be in conformity to our own vocational sacraments. So how can we get the grace for, for a married person into their lives? When we have cases of possessed priests, how do we get sacramental grace of holy orders to flow back into their lives? It all comes back to the flow of grace. And third, and only third, and tertiary is, is the demon. What is the demon doing that gives us some insights and in how we can help this person get out? But actually, what's more exciting really isn't what the devil is doing, is what God is doing. It's fascinating. You know, when you're when you see the beauty of the church, the richness of the mystical body. You know, just a couple of weeks ago in a session, um, you know, th this lady was the demon was screaming in Spanish and 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 uh was saying. And father was invoking, the exorcist was invoking the Blessed Mother, and the demon was screaming, oh, no, not her. Every time you call her, she comes. She wraps her mantle around you, not her. That's to me, is the more fascinating thing, to see the beauty, to see, to see the lives of the saints uh, um, cycling, in, cycling into the lives hold of the saints. Hold that thought, Dan, hold that thought. We'll be right back. Wednesday yeah. War College, Stick, don't go anywhere. We're back Wednesday, War College. Just remember, Dan Schneider, get the book, get the book, Liber Crystal Emanuel for Spiritual Combat. Liber Crystal Emanuel for Spiritual Combat, put out by 10 books, written by Dr. Dan Schneider, the only Catholic college professor that I know that boxed in the ring, that's been punched in the face. Uh, that uh, that that is an army veteran that is uh, fought overseas in, in in defense of our country, and now he teaches Catholic theology, and now most especially his his expertise, apart from uh, the development of the doctrine Mariology, another one is of expertise as a spiritual warfare. If you ask my opinion, I'll tell you that outside of Father Ripperger, who's a priest, if you ask me, lay people, just what lay people are the most skilled and knowledgeable at spiritual warfare? There are two that come up right away. It's 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 very it's a, Kyle Clement and Doctor Dan Schneider, bar none. 
And I'll tell you why this book is important for us to, to purchase and apply for the rest of our life. I'll tell you why. Because there's a, there's a rise in Satanism in this country. There's a rise in Satanism in Hollywood, um, in schools, in politics, in culture, and even in the Catholic Church. And so if there's a time to really know the, 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 the rules of engagement, the spiritual warfare, this is the time right now. Dan's book could not come at a better time in salvation history. Let me, because without a doubt, Satanism, the occult, and witchcraft has spiked in my lifetime. And we're seeing right now an apex of the occult like we've never seen it before. What a providential time for Dan Schneider to come out with such a book. It's called Libra Cristo, a manual for spiritual combat, 10books.com, 10books.com. Dan, I got a question for you, which I want to kind of broach some of your left because it's a it's a 12 lesson book, 12 lessons. I like that. That's structure 12. And I want to ask you some questions from, from lessons one to three. The first question I want to ask you is what's an open door? And you kind of touched on it, but say it again for people just tuning in. Second question is what's the difference between permission? And a right, because a lot of people say, uh, Satanists say, uh, oh, some people say, oh, I gave my life to Satan. He has rights over me because I went to a black mass or something. So what's an open door? Question number one. Question number two. Once again, the difference between a permission and a right. Yeah, an open door um, is, is, this is, again, from the manual. Something that disposes an individual to a particular diabolic influence caused either by oneself or another or the pure permissive will of God. So it's something that's something that disposes one to a particular diabolic influence. The most obvious that we see in my observation, I think is pretty common in the extra community are violations of the first commandment and the sixth commandment. Those become open doors. Uh, Father Vamonte was the former president of the international association of exorcists. He, he uses, um, um, the extra the extraordinary diabolic activity is often the result of uh, it, it flows from original sin but also can be because of one's own fault right um uh, and and what are what are our own fault superstition and occult practices be participating uh with psychics fortune tellers use of amulets talismans um mediums sorcerers witches tarot card readers uh of trying to do accompanying people to do these things um, the practice of certain meditation techniques like transcendental meditation, Reiki, opening oneself to chakras and other new age practices. This is a huge issue in, in parts of this country. It, we may not see a lot of this in, in the Southwest or in the, you know, in, in other areas or in Louisiana, but this is in, in middle class Amer suburban America. You were seeing this blending of, of kind of Reiki, uh, uh, um, 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 these, uh, you know, uh, uh, other modalities of so-called healing that are invoking external powers of you know, to channel chakras and energies from outside of the body to in um, spiritual cleansing, uh, voodoo, makamba, other rituals, being members of secret societies and or satanic groups and Freemasonry. These all are open doors. And, and the phrase we use is interactive diabolic activity. It's a two way street. So so again, by by right, your soul belongs to God. 
But if you look at, for example, Revelation chapter 12, that the devil stands before the throne of God the Father after the fall, uh, uh, accusing the brethren day and night. What is he accusing us of? Areas of our lives that we've given him permissions. Like, hey, you, you're wearing my, he's wearing my name tag. He's, he, he's, you know, sometimes when I'll, I'll teach this at a parish I'll, or a team, I'll, I'll take my pen and I'll hand my pen to somebody and they'll take it. You know, I hand it to them. They're nice. And I'll say, look, you stole my pen. What do you mean? You handed it to me. No, I'm calling the police. That's an expensive pen. You stole it. And he's going to come and give you a ticket or he's going to arrest you for, for theft. Wait a minute. You lied to me. You tricked me. Oh, well, I'm a liar. I'm a, I'm a trickster. My name, Diabolos, means deceiver, means divider. You know, that's what the devil does. He takes every time we take have interaction with him through the, our own will, we're taking one of his pens and putting it in our pocket and we're giving him a permission to be there. So part of the, the, the groundwork, the real the, the ground and pound of, of the deliverance ministry is getting the person to start removing all those uh, uh, all those permissions they've given little by little and getting separation, psychological, emotional, spiritual, moral getting separation first and foremost in the sacrament of confession, but then started breaking some of the psychological ligatures as well, because these things become areas of connection between the demon and the person that need to be severed. And so uh, once again, people are under the false assumption, Oh, I given my life to Satan. I can never take, I can never, you know, be liberated. It's, it's, a, it's a done deal. No, it's not. No, it's not. Like you said, the sacrament of confession will break this thing. And then the fact that, that you realign and reorient your intellect and your will back to God, Satan has no rights over you. All you did through your, your, your sin and some of your missteps, you've given them certain permissions. But those things can be rescinded because you have autonomy. You have you have total autonomy over your person. You're not you're not a you're not a slave of the devil. You're a baptized uh, son and daughter of God. So, Dan, let me ask you a question. So, what is so mortal sin? So, mortal sin. Let's be clear. Mortal sin is an open door. Any mortal sin. You don't have to. You don't have to do. I never went to the tarot cards. I, I never, mortal sin. You know what we're finding. Uh, we're, we're, and Father Ripper has, has reported on this as well. Is that the Satanists have figured out that they're 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 cursing the the, the master copies of pornography. Um, and, and it's creating addiction and creating an open door to those that are viewing that pornography. So we're seeing an uptick. Uh, you talk to any priest. They're not going to they're not they're not going to they'll just nod their head. They're not going to give you details. But 80 percent of the right. sins that they're hearing in confession are related to to the sixth commandment, impurity, pornography. Yeah. That is a huge. They told open me door. the same thing. And that open yeah. door isn't just to you, Jess. It's it's not just to you. It's not just to divide your family. The goal is the children. Once that open, once that door is open, the demon wants to he wants to wreck the entire family. Now he's not just he's not concerned about you. You're like, yeah, whatever. I already got you. I've already got you because you're addicted to pornography. What I'm going after is your marriage. And once that marriage, once there's some a fissure between you and your wife, now your children. That's the target. That's what they're going after. So 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 that's that's a huge open door today. What what Saint Saint uh, um, um, Alphonsus calls hell's widest gate. Uh, hell's widest gate is impurity, so that's a big open door as well. So, so, so it's not only it's not only these act activities with dark with the dark arts or whatever, um, mortal sin, uh, uh, lack of a state of grace. These are all open doors uh, for us. So, so any any time that and what attracts ultimately what attracts the demon to us, anything that any action 
that is inconsistent with the indelible mark of baptism. That that's what makes him go, ooh, there's a guy that I see some vulnerabilities there. Yeah, I, I remember when I heard from Father Ripper at a lecture say that just one mortal sin opens opens you up to diabolical affliction. It makes sense because if you're separated from God, which is what mortal sin does, the soul is in complete darkness. You can't merit any grace. You have no sanctifying grace. At that moment, you are you are e an easy target uh, for the diabolical. So it makes yep. complete sense. And that's why I believe that of the seven deadly sins, sloth, envy, anger, lust, gluttony, avarice, pride, uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16, of all the seven deadly sins, and those are the sins that the devil uses over and over again, just in ordinary temptation. Because they work. The chief of all those, the, yeah, they were. Why, why change the strategy? They work. <laughs> the, chief, the chief of all the, of those sins is pride. That of all the seven, the fathers of the church say that's the worst of all. And Dan, ironically, that's what this country celebrates in June. The the woke left celebrates the sin, the worst of all the seven deadly sins. Can you imagine we had a month? Let's celebrate gluttony month. Let's celebrate avarice month. Let's celebrate anger month. Let's celebrate uh, you know uh, you know sloth month. Are you kidding me? Okay, I, 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 get the book. We got about two minutes <laughs> left. The book is called Liver Crystal, a manual for spiritual combat. Put out by 10 books, 10books.com, 10books.com. This is the book that's going to repair the damages. This is the book that's going to bring back the time that the locusts ate away in your family, in your spiritual life. This is a book that's going to be that chair, that's going to build that, that hedge, that wall of protection around your house. This is the book that all of us need so that we can fight effectively in the third millennium. Dan, you've done a great contribution to Holy Mother Church. I'm glad we, we reconnected, even though you're not glad. <laughs> it all started with a, with a, with a bowl of menudo. <laughs> you stay at my house, and I'm a good Benedictine oblate. I want to have good hospitality. Jesse, what can I get you to eat? Your flight was delayed. You lost your luggage. I had to run into town to get you a razor, <laughs> if you recall. And you said, man, I'm in New Mexico. I could really use some menudo. And I, so I had to go track down in the middle of the night a place that made the best menudo <laughs> in town. And that's where it all started, over a bowl of menudo. And, uh, and right. here we are 15, 20 years later. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. You've been listening to Wednesday War College. Jess Romero, Dan Schneider. That's a wrap. Up next, Gary Machuda hands on apologetics. As for us, we are EOW end of watch. We'll see you next time. Get the book, tanbooks.com. Liber Crystal, a manual for spiritual combat. God bless you. Keep the faith. <laughs>